there are places that we could go physically, um, or maybe there's a place you already know of that you're like, man, I can go here, and I can just get in God's presence, and I know that if I'm just still and I'm silent, like, I can hear from God. Um, and so what happens is in Scripture, we actually find that there's a lot of uh, places that, that characters in the Bible ended up having these whispering spots. Now, maybe you never, you know, you don't see those words said, like, in Scripture, uh, but it's just something that we can see and kind of define as, like, it was this moment that because they were in God's presence, they were able to hear him clearly. And so uh, we have people like Jacob, where he, uh, he heard God clearly at Bethel. Um, you have Moses, where you have the burning bush. Samuel, uh, tabernacle of Shalal. Uh, David, cave of Adalam. Uh, Elijah, Mount Carmel. Daniel, an upstairs window facing Jerusalem. And Jonah, he was in the belly of a whale. Um, see, God was speaking in times, um, was speaking in times he was uh, about to call them into something great. That was something that I noticed in the theme of when you look at uh, people in Scripture that they had a whispering spot or a moment where they were able to hear God so clearly. They either did something great before that or there was something great that he was calling them to. Now, I, I don't want to say that that's the only time that God's speaking like, oh, I'm calling you now to go and conquer this region or whatever. Uh, but I also want to encourage you that maybe God is wanting to speak to you and let you know like, hey, I have a calling on your life and in this next season you're going into, I want to tell you about it. But what usually happens is we get so drowned out by everything else that God's voice is probably non-existent. And you might even question, you know, like, God, why don't you speak to me? Or, God, why don't I hear you? Almost as if it was his fault. Uh, when really we're probably the ones that aren't in a position or putting ourselves in a position that says, God, like, let me just get into this whispering spot. Again, I don't know what that is for you. Um, that, I mean, that's someone, you might say, man, my, my spot that I would love to be at is on top of a mountain. You know, or my spot would be on the beach, or I love this place, you know, uh, around the lake of celebration. I don't know what it is, but for, for these people and for us, you know, there are moments where they were so disconnected from everything else and God was able to speak to them. And I believe God is trying to speak to us today. And so you're wondering when, uh, when will God call you to something, uh, but are you listening? Are you listening? A whispering spot is as unique as you are. The voice of God is a little louder and a little clearer in those places. So, again, you could be thinking right now, you're reflecting, you're closing your eyes, like, man, where is that place? And even if, if you can't even think of a place, you probably could say, well, it's probably because my world is going so fast, I don't even know of a place I can even find silence. That everything around me is so loud that I, I get really, uh, almost at some points, we're like, I don't even know what I'm hearing anymore. I'm just going so fast. The music is so loud that life is just all over the place. So we're going to read out of Genesis 28. Uh, so if you have your Bible, uh, I, again, I'm sorry, we don't have anything on the screen. But if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. I just want you to listen. But Genesis 28, uh, and we're going to start in verse 10. And it's going to talk about Jacob. And so, uh, just so you know, Jacob is traveling, and uh, he's about to have this encounter with God, and he's about to hear a promise uh, that God has for him. And again, I think this is one of those moments that even for us, that, you know, you're going through something today, or you went through something last week, or you know something's coming up that's going to be tough, and God is just, he knows that you're traveling. 
Again, that, that, that could be physical, that could be emotional, relational. I don't, you're, you're moving. You're trying to go to a destination, and there has to be a moment where you say, let me stop for a second. And that's what we have here with Jacob. He's traveling, and starting in verse 10, it says this, Jacob left uh, Beersheba and went toward uh, Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, in your offspring, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now, this is the key part here. Verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob is traveling. He's in motion. And he's trying to get to his new destination, and he's like, man, I'm tired. I have to stop. And it wasn't until this moment that he was able to stop. He wasn't even purposely stopping to even try to hear God. And so this is, I think, an encouraging word that maybe sometimes even when we're not trying to, God is still going to speak especially when it needs to be, like said. But he, he puts his head on a rock, and it says that he had a dream. And in this dream, I, I love how you start to picture this ladder, and this, this is where you get Jacob's ladder, right? And so you have this ladder and this idea of, or not even idea, just the fact that angels are literally coming to and from heaven. I mean, I, I've tried to imagine, like, what would this be like that I'm actually envisioning angels ascending and descending to the earth, and then at the top, I actually see God. Like, you actually see God, and he's looking down on you and is giving you a promise. Ultimately, I think that's how we would love to hear from God, right? Like, <laughs> I want to see you, God. I want to hear you. And, like, I just know that you're directly talking to me. Hey, George, I want you to know this is going to happen, and I love you, and I have a promise for you. You know, like, it's great. And this happens for Jacob, and so you get a little jealous. But, you know, there's this, he has his dream. And, but this is the part that I think is so key that we miss, is that we talk so much about getting into the presence of God, but God is always present. Our issue is our awareness. God is always present. So I know that I can come in here and I can pray at a pre-service prayer. Or I can say, oh, you know, God, may your presence be here tonight. The truth is, God is already here. He's been here for eternity waiting on us. But what happens is really we need to be saying, God, man, can, can I be aware of, of your presence tonight? Can I be aware that you want to speak and you want to move because I'm so distracted by something else? Maybe what someone said earlier in the lobby, maybe I don't like that. I, I just noticed this, what this one girl's wearing and she looks so much better in it or whatever. We get distracted by so many things instead of just being like, God, let me be aware of you 
in your presence. And so that's what happens with Jacob when we see in verse 16. And he awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. That even in the middle of a field, that he's laying his head on a stone, even for you at your workplace, even for you at your house, wherever you go, that God is there. But we forget that, oh, I'm working in a secular environment, that God couldn't be here because, well, these people are doing this thing. And God is there. It's just I don't want to be aware. And so maybe we choose to not focus because then we know maybe we have to address some things. Or maybe we just get so distracted by what is going on that I don't even hear his voice. But then I wonder why he's not speaking in those moments. So where does God speak? Well, I think we can easily see that uh, in that passage he speaks through dreams. I believe that God speaks through promptings. Probably those moments that you felt like, man, I I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me this. You know, we use words like that, like telling me this. Like, did you hear it audibly? You probably didn't. uh, But there was that prompting. There was a nudge. There was something inside that you were like, man, I I just know God is, is speaking to me in this moment. And so we have promptings. I believe God speaks through people. The one thing I think uh, to encourage you and to be uh, mindful of when God speaks through people is what they're saying actually align with his word. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, someone can come up and say, oh, I got a word for you. I had a, uh, a professor at Southeastern that he said that when someone would come up to him and say, hey, I got a word for you, he would, he would uh, say right back to me, be like, are we doing Old Testament law? And they're like, what? He was like, well, Old Testament law is that, like, if your word is false, I get to stone you. Because speaking a word, saying that I'm speaking on behalf of God, was a huge responsibility. Yet a lot of times we come up and be like, God told me you need to go pursue that job. Okay, did he? I mean, did God really tell me that? I think at, at the end of the day, when people are speaking something like that into us, can we at least say, okay, where's scripture leading this? Where is God showing this? I'm not saying that God, may, there wasn't a prompting, I w- that you're like, man, I just really feel this way. But all I'm saying is that we have to be careful. We have to be careful that we just don't take what everyone says. I'm even, even me right now up here or someone on a Sunday morning that's on stage. We can't just take someone's word all the time. We have to get in the word. Because from there, we can get what you, they call a rhema word. And a rhema word is like a spoken word that God speaks to us, and that's the other area where he can speak is his word. Are you getting in his word to where he already has written down the guidance, the lamp unto our feet, that he's saying, hey, I want to guide you, I want to speak to you. Are you getting in his word? Because in that, he will speak, he will show you. And I believe also God will speak through pain. I think pain is, uh, is something that all of us have probably dealt with in many forms and many fashions. But God is there in the middle of the pain. And, uh, and I believe that in those moments that, that he, can, he shows up. He shows up. But again, and as much as that's not true white noise, it's just like a loud hum. You know, it's zoned out everyone outside my door, and it just, like, made me pass out, you know easy. I love, like, white noise. So I ended up getting, we got this one from Bed Bath & Beyond a long time ago. Um, Let me see if I can. Oh, the loudest, okay. So 
all that's doing is really just shooting air. Again, I don't think it's a true white noise maker. But what white noise does is it actually is supposed to produce like all frequencies. And then what that does is that means it cancels out any frequency. Does that make sense? So like because it's you're hearing all these frequencies, that any other sound outside of that, you wouldn't hear it because that frequency is already kind of happening. It's almost like a wall to like your ears, you know? It's like, so that's why white noise is great when you're studying or you're trying to go to sleep is because it will help your brain not be able to hear other sounds outside of itself. We understand? Okay, cool. Because like white noise is pretty cool. Like especially when I was like reading up on that, I was like, what? I was like, I never knew that. I just liked it because of the humming. But the fact that it zones that out. And so I thought of it in like, this almost could be great in two ways. One, my life could be at all frequencies, and because of that, I can't hear God. But imagine if we flipped that, and if all my frequencies was God, then everything else from the world, I wouldn't even hear. But it's the other way around. We allow the world to constantly be the humming thing that we hear. We go to sleep with it. That's why our dreams are, the, are whatever our dreams are, right? When we wake up, that's the first thing we hear. You know, I, I mean, this is on. As soon as we go to bed, I mean, in the morning, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is still on. Like, we'll literally, we'll get shower, we'll, you know, we'll get something to eat, and I come back in the room, I'm like, oh, this is still on. I woke up and not knowing it was on because I got so used to it just speaking to my brain, you know? And so for your life, what does that look like? Is there something from the outside that is all frequencies for you that you haven't stopped to realize, wow, that's still on, and I want to turn that off? Imagine if your morning you started with, God, I just want only your frequency so I can hear only you. And anything else today that is trying to come into me and try to speak to me and, and try to take over my life, your frequencies are so loud. Man, I, they're not even coming close. I can't hear you because the hum of your voice, the hum of your whisper, puts me at peace. Allows me to find rest in who you are. So what does the white noise look like for you in your life? When life gets too busy, we lose our sense of balance. Uh, if you know, there's a thing in between your ears where uh, you have your equilibrium, right? And so what happens when you get off balance, when you start spinning around, you do the whole, like, bat thing? Has anyone ever done it and then looked a fool afterwards? So in our life, it's very similar. The fact that we got so many things spinning around that we're trying to go after that our equilibrium is off, especially with God. It's off, and so we're off balance. You're kind of tumbling over here, and now you're over here, and you're like, I, I don't even know how to walk straight. I'm trying to get to where I want to go, but I'm all over the place. And so for us, we have to realize, okay, again, where am I going to put my focus today so I can be on balance with what God has for my life? Because I don't want to keep spinning around with what the world keeps throwing my way. And maybe, it's, and you know, I'll be honest, I know it's easy for me or up here or even for us to just say it's the world's fault or it's Satan's fault. I think something I've had to realize in my life, sometimes it's also my fault. And learning to take responsibility for the fact that it's like, man, I just don't want to take the time. 
I just don't want to make the effort to actually drown out everything else. Because when I would go through things, the first thing I wanted to do was to escape. And that would be through whatever. I mean, that's where you get into a Netflix show, right? Because you want to be in a whole different world. I want to ignore whatever's going on. It broke my heart. A couple years ago, there was a girl that uh, she was going through some tough times. And she said she wanted to go uh, see the Cinderella movie. I haven't seen it, so I, I wouldn't know, but I, I believe you. But she wanted to go see it, and this is what she said, though. She said, you know, life really sucks right now, and I want to go see this movie so I can feel like a princess. And it broke my heart because on one side I understood. You know, I was like, being real, I was like, I get it because I do it all the time just in a different way. And then on the other side, because I am able to kind of step back in the situation, and I was like, man, but God is saying, come to me, and I'll tell you you're a princess. But yet we want to have this pseudo image, this fake image of, oh, this is what I need to feel like and be like because my world outside of here is not as magical. And so hearing from God, a lot of times we're, not even going to think about pursuing him because, well, there's other things that are easier to access, and we know that they are speaking, right? It's easy to watch a show or hear, see a movie or hear from someone else, hey, encourage me, because we know that we actually will physically hear it. But with God, I think it takes much more for us to say, hey, let me be still. Let me be still even though what I'm going through sucks. I hate it. I know that God's going to call me a princess or prince for all my fellows out there. Um, so life can be off balance, um, and we have to learn how to put ourselves back in balance. And that's going to begin in his presence, no matter where you are, if you're in your work place or whatever, and saying, God, you know, I'm going to be silent for a moment. Maybe I need to turn off the worship music. Silence is the difference between sight and insight. Silence is the difference between sight and insight. Again, we, uh, I think, get so caught up with we're very visual. I'm very visual, at least. Is anyone else, like, your visual, like, visual learner for sure? If I watch something, I can grasp it much easier than if I just, like, read or someone. I mean, someone told me I, I think I can get it, but I'm just very visual. And I think... For us, for us to understand something, I think we do go by sight. You know, let me see this. Um, but I believe that when we get into God's presence and we find that silence and we hear his word or, s or read his word, we're going to have moments where he starts to give us the insight of our situation. He's going to give you insight on what's going on. Hey, this is the direction I want to bring you, but you have to hear me and you have to stop for a moment. Slow down. Do you really want to hear from God, though? Because I think that's the other side of it. We, we say, I want to hear from God, but you have to answer the question, do you really? Because maybe God's going to tell you something you don't want to hear. Maybe God's going to address that sin that you don't want to tell anyone. Or God's going to talk about this one thing that you still need to address with your brother or your sister. And so we want the calling. We want the anointing. We want to be able to be in that position or whatever it is in your circumstances, but yet do you really want to hear from God? Because what God's going to do is he's going to correct, 
He's going to discipline. He's going to give us guidance, but he's also going to love. He's going to pour out his grace. But are you willing to listen? Do you want to hear from him? Because he's going to be real. He's going to call out whatever is there. Just like it says, before you even come to my altar, you need to drop your gift and go address this. Do you want to hear from God? Make sure you're willing to listen to everything God has to say. And I think we need to set boundaries. What do you need to turn down? Maybe take a season of fasting. Maybe you're like, I've never fasted before. That's okay. We can talk about that. That's for, I mean, I could be up here talk about it another time. But really, let's sit down one-on-one. Let's talk about fasting. I'll tell you, and I'll be honest with you about myself, I think fasting is, is difficult sometimes because we are giving up something that we naturally maybe like or want. And so maybe fasting is sleep. God, I'll wake up two hours early just so I can draw into your presence is the first thing. Maybe it's social media. I see some of you on your phones all the time. I'm on my phone. Don't worry. I'm not trying to attack. I'm just saying I've seen us all on our phones even when I'm having a conversation with you. But I've done the same. I mean, I could literally, I mean, Anthony right now is not even looking. No, I'm just playing. He's just taking notes. (laughs) He's taking notes. I'm just playing. But what do you have to turn down? Because maybe there's something right now where you're like, you know what? This actually takes a lot of my time. Uh, when we were on vacation, I don't know why I saw it, but I went through I think through settings. Go to your battery. If you go to your battery and you, uh, you look, it'll tell you how much of your battery is spent on which apps. Yep, mine's Instagram. And then I forget what was after that. But really, I was like, yep, that seems true. It's always on Instagram. So what would your, what would your week look like if you got off Instagram? And uh, instead of that time of scrolling where you realize, wow, I just did that for 30 minutes, uh, then instead you were in the Bible app. You say, God, I'm here. I just want to see you speak. What do you have to say to me today? So what I would love for us to do, uh, because, again, I I believe God speaks in many ways. Uh, I don't even know if I can fully count off everything that God would do to speak. Again, you read through Scripture, and I'm like, wow, you really did make a donkey speak to somebody. You know, it's like. He can do that. It could be, you know, from the day of Pentecost where you have people speaking in tongues. God is, is a mysterious God, and he speaks in mysterious ways. But I think, again, it comes down to are we aware? Are we willing? And do you even want to hear God? 